0: It's Blamo. I'm Jeremy Kirkland. First off, I'm back from vacation, and it was well. It was nice. I did everything I could to unplug a bit. Something I've I don't think I've done really in ages. Of course, I plug back in and find out the world is on fire. Yeah, it's kind of strange to be going whale watching when Ukraine is getting bombed. Do any of you ever try and unplug? I can't hear you because you know this is a podcast, but I would definitely encourage the attempt to unplug that is you just find a way to detach yourself from the chaos it's something that while i acknowledge is a privilege i'm hoping it helps me refocus on what i need to do and who i'm supposed to be and yes i still ask myself that question every day i don't know what the hell i'm supposed to be doing right now it's the podcast right there you go focus move on but one highlight was i stayed in this area of maui with my in-laws called kapalua which I think I'm pronouncing it right. It could be wrong. It's famous for all the butterflies, right? Actually, the little symbol of like the whole neighborhood is Kapalua. Or excuse me, is butterflies. And there are tons and tons of these butterflies. And I had this weird, almost like holy moment while I was running. I was trying to focus on gratitudes, which <laughs> I know it sounds dumb, but hear me. out. I was throwing everything at the wall on this vacation. Like I'm just, you know, really trying to to be conscious of everything that was around me. and you know it, it, yeah okay and i'm running along the ocean and all of a sudden my pace is being matched by these butterflies they're like flying all around me and stuff it was weird it's like is gandalf near me or something like it was it was just weird and beautiful and the next thing you know now i'm crying and butterflies are flying and the sun is out and the sky is blue and i'm running and it was it was like that right like that was it was crazy it, it was just Kind of beautiful. Well, it's our last episode of the season, and if there's one thing that was on the tip of everyone's tongues or tweets the past couple years of lockdowns was furniture. Right, being surrounded by all of our stuff made us want to change it all slowly or immediately, and we all got the itch to improve our environment. And one store that is absolutely blown up is Lichen in Brooklyn, New York. It's founded by Jared Blake and Ed B. I talked to these guys for a long time and their excitement and enthusiasm was extremely contagious as you'll hear. When you stop and think about the future of American furniture retail and design, what do you think about? Who do you think about, right? I mean there's yeah. Well, after talking with these two gentlemen, I swear it's them. They don't have traditional backgrounds. They don't have a core piece In fact, they've probably done more awareness and education for brands like Herman Miller and Knoll than those brands could do on their own, but Jared and Ed are doing everything right and they're creating a world that's accessible, inspirational, inviting, and breaking down every barrier you think of when you think of good design, and I am absolutely here for it. Jared, Ed, and I discussed the origins of Lycan, how they're evolving the brand, how their team is paving the way for your next favorite designer, and how in the hell are Privé chairs finding their way into McDonald's? Last episode of the season. Let's go. Well, gents, thanks so much for, for chatting. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we got to make this work. Big fan of the store. Holy shit.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we'll kind of go all over the map a little bit, but just... You know, and some of the stuff you guys have, have shared before, but kind of humor me here. How did, where are both of you from and how did you meet?
2: Uh, oddly enough, we both have roots in Florida. What? Um, yeah. Yeah. Where in I, Florida? I was born and raised in Tampa, Florida. Lightning fan. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I moved to New York for high school. So I've been here a super long time, since like 2000. Two, two thousand three. Okay, yeah. Dang, yeah. And JP, when did you live in Florida again?
1: Uh from like ninety seven. I was born in New Jersey. moved to Florida in ninety seven.
0: Where were you in Florida?
1: Tampa, Fort Lauderdale.
0: Okay, nice. Not far
1: from I feel like Florida is the other the, the missing borough, right? Of New York. You either are from there or going there. It's just a part. It's just I don't know trajectory.
0: No, you're right. I know people that they're like. They're like, yo, yeah, like I try to spend a couple weekends a month
1: in Miami. And I'm like, Wow. Okay. <laughs> we yeah, we all did a bid. We all did a bit. We got us we got our shit together and moved up north, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: So you guys, when did you meet in New York?
2: We met in the summer of twenty seventeen. Both of us were still working our other jobs prior to furniture. So I was Managing a restaurant in Union Square called Republic. I'm not sure if you've been. Yeah, have you had a super long cafeteria tables and yep. you know, seating. Yeah, not. <laughs> but uh, I was working there and started selling furniture while working that job on the side.
0: That's not normal. How how do that, how the hell does that happen?
2: Well, what happened was I was moving from a big apartment in Bushwick to a smaller apartment in Ridgewood where I currently reside. Okay. And I couldn't fit anything that I had bought for this big ass apartment. And so what I had to do was sell all of my stuff, which was all Ikea at that point. Um, but I was shooting it better than Ikea was shooting it and selling it for more than Ikea was selling it for just off the shots.
0: Wait, wait, wait. So you had Ikea furniture. Right. And you're like, I'm going to sell this. Yes. And you're marking up Ikea furniture. Correct. And selling it.
2: And selling it. And then I was like, well if I could do that with Ikea furniture, what else can I do this to furniture wise? And I kind of just kept going from there. What? Yeah.
0: That I did not know. So like, I I do know as an aside that some people would pay more for Ikea. That was like assembled, you know, that was like ready to go or even maybe hacked out. You know, like everyone had a mom bed when I was, you know, when I was there and they would like, you know, people would have a little, Cuts to like hide your weed or whatever was in there at the time, but like that's crazy.
2: Just a simple IKEA. I I don't know why, and I marketed marketed it as IKEA in the Craigslist posting, and people kept on buying it for more. Power to you, man. Yeah, thank you.
0: So wait, and what were you doing at that time? Because you're in New York a long ass time. I mean, were you just kind of in the restaurant biz, or what was happening?
2: Yeah, I was in the restaurant biz. I went to I was going to school at the time for medical lab sciences, so a far departure. Um, I was working at um, Beth Israel across the street from Republic for okay. a little bit while I was at Republic, and I was making more money and had more happy at the restaurant, and so I just stayed at the restaurant instead. Okay. Yeah.
0: Dang. And JP, what are you doing this entire time?
2: Uh, kind of a
1: similar, a similar arrival of sorts. Um, I used to work at this company called Jack Threads, and yeah, I know Jack Threads. Yeah, when it when it went under, it was kind of like Jack Threads at the time was owned by thrillers and Thrillist like bought everything. They like bought pretty much bankrolled Jack Threads and paid for everything in the studio, the desks, the chairs. Um, and at some point they split, like mm-hmm. sold off Jack Threads, and like they were two separate entities. You know, long story short, Jack Threads when it eventually went under, there was just photo equipment and office furniture and televisions and kind of like the whole studio was unclaimed because it was all owned by Thrillist who no longer, Jack. so it was like, everyone was kind of like, I don't know, whatever, I guess we'll throw it out or, or sell it, like what have you, so. Wait, um, did you
0: know Jacob Gilmore at Thrillist?
1: Of course, that's, that's the OG.
0: Oh yeah. shit! Okay, yeah, Jake, dude, yeah. he was he was my shooter, man. He we were we worked together for this like at this creative agency for a bit, right when Thrillist went under, because that guy just like you know was walking around with thirty drones, making cool motion capture th- videos yeah. and all. Yeah,
1: he's still, he's still doing that. He's oh yeah, no, still doing that with the with the with all the kids with all the gang. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, that's awesome. All right. You know, so Jacob, yeah, he gave me my shot I almost almost didn't get that opportunity for like a bad Cavaliers joke. You'll know what I'm talking about. I took, I took a shot. I took a shot. It all worked out in the end, I suppose.
0: Wow. That's yeah. awesome.
1: <laughs> of course, yeah. It was great. Um, but yeah, so I don't even know if it, everyone at JT even knows this, but yeah, me and the photographer that I used to work with there, Sean, um, pretty much just like, started selling everything mm-hmm. like at that point they were like all right cool it's tvs desk chairs desks like i kind of just hit craigslist with everything right because um, why not which is funny because we still acquire furniture that same way um had my ikea stories too um and one of the desk chairs that we had that i was selling like quite a good deal of was a replica ean's chair like a the shell replica- chair. Those aluminum group, like desk chair. You, you've seen them before. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I didn't care at the time. Like, I was just like, I got to get it. You know, I need it. I need to sell this. Um, I got bills and no job. <laughs> so I remember, like, just posting it on Craigslist, like desk chair. And people would, like, respond, like, hey, how much for the, the Eames aluminum group? is this, is this real? Is this not? I'm like, it's a desk chair. I don't know what that is, but I'll look into it. Um, but similar to Ed, like my whole world has been in presentation, you know, from like styling and photography. And I was literally at a studio. So a lot of the things that I was doing was, um, just giving another layer of, of, uh, presentation to things that were mundane. Um, are
0: you like merchandising these things? Like ed I mean w- when when you're showing when you're taking pictures of the the IKEA stuff. I mean, was there, I mean you got a plant in the background? You got you got a you got some poster, you got some some Bauhaus thing over there? You're nodding your head. I'm just trying to
2: Yeah, oh yeah. No no, no posters. I don't think I knew what Bauhaus was back then. Okay. Uh, but definitely a fiddle leaf fig in the background. That was that was the, uh, you know the choice plant for sure in every <laughs> Brooklyn apartment and, you know, but that was definitely there behind the Ikea sofa.
0: Okay. So there's, there's a storytelling aspect that's going on as you guys are, are kind of taking pictures and stuff here.
1: Okay. Yeah. Like a lot of furniture, like it's crazy that design is design what it's become now. Um, Cause neither of our origins were traditional, a traditional path. It was really like one, it was necessity for the most part. And two, it was kind of just reimagining what no one kind of cared about, you know, like if you look at an Eames chair or like a lot of furniture out of context, it's just like office furniture, you know, like. That's a good point. Yeah. It's not this allure that I feel like uh, has happened in the last three years. At the time, a lot of like a lot of what we carry now, you you would walk by on the street. And like not really think twice about it, but now you're you know we all have like a little bit more design mentality to work from home and you know just the world in general, where it's geared towards where it's shipping towards um yeah, you can you can see it now there's Eames, there's real life Eames chairs in a lot of McDonald's what
2: and prove wait yeah.
1: Pre- oh,
2: hold on,
0: hold on, Prove A chairs are in McDonald's? yes,
2: Pre- yes. Pre- yes.
1: can you explain? Uh, if you have all the, mo- if you're McDonald's and money doesn't really matter and you kind of just need 4,000 of one chair and you don't really want to think about it, you're not going to like shop around for chairs. You're going to go to, you're going to go to the source. Yeah. You're going to go to Vitra. You're going to go to Herman Miller and you're going to get 5,000 chairs for all your stores and, and keep it moving. And they're the only ones that can guarantee you would get that unit in a timely manner. and Whatever colors you want, like you're not going to go to a vintage. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to source that many. Same with schools and like government establishments. Oh, okay,
0: yeah, that that's that's fair. Because I mean, when I was in elementary school, I'm I'm 36. So when I'm when I was in elementary school, like early 90s, we had all Eames or well, but that's let me, that's not true. We had all Herman Miller stuff at, at the school, you know, the, the little desks that you kind of slide in and then all the heavy wire stacking things. So, okay. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess when I think privé, maybe it's because it's been so contextualized and like so sexy from Instagram and people going nuts for like a $6,000 privé chair. It doesn't always go hand in hand with my Big Mac. (laughs) I'm
1: just saying, (laughs) I mean, (sighs) Yeah, I mean, we've always played high and low. You know, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's
0: true. You know, maybe it does go hand in hand where you you're, you spend all the money on the chair. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Dang. Yo, that right? like blew my mind. for real.
1: <laughs> hiding, in, hiding in plain sight, you know, which I think is, I think exposure in that way is also like really important because consumerism can go crazy. You could, you could be sitting on something you just have no idea. Of. Or like you can have a, you know, we've created a, a livelihood for ourselves just by observing things that didn't have the best light, in just like a new way. You know? mm. Like, you know, it's, a, it's only a chair until it until it had the name, you know, and then then the price changes when it has a name. Damn.
0: I mean, that's yeah, that's very true. I think, too. I mean, and, you know, I don't want to fast forward us too much, but with COVID people went nuts with desks, with chairs, with moving. I mean, and all of a sudden, everyone's trying to furnish their home at the same time. Like, I do think that that's been a crazy thing that also kind of happened because I feel like you guys were a shop. I remember going by your shop. I mean, like, oh, this is cool. It's like really good taste, good stuff that was, that was like vintage. And then you had, well, you know, like, like high-low sort of stuff. I mean, it was definitely there and it was, it was good, affordable design. And then COVID hit and you guys are in dwell. You're all, you're the press and everyone's going nuts over the shop. And, and now people are looking to try to just be in your store. You guys are like the Colette of. Wow. Furniture Thank store. You. Yeah. That's like, to. Right? Sure. Well, just don't have the exit of Colette. <laughs> Don't pull That's the rip cord.
1: That's what <laughs> you think. Oh, yeah. The cord's getting ripped at the end of the month. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. No, it is. What? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, the 27th is going to be our last official day open as a traditional retail establishment. You have the You have the first scoop on that.
0: Uh... <laughs> well, that's crazy. Because look, this this pod's going to come out the twenty
1: eighth. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so we, we can just send people to this, and and uh, we can elaborate on why and how and and what's next. What? Why and how and what's next? Hold on. Well, we didn't even get to you making the damn store,
0: and now you're shutting it down.
1: Yeah. Well, we can do the store first. It's no, all I mean th- it's it's all great. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all it's all one thing. It's all one big circle. Jeremy It's It's, it's one big circle. Okay. Um, Yeah. Go. Sorry. So no,
0: no, this is, I I love it. This is great. So you two meet up, both of you are making cash, taking better pictures of affordable furniture. And how, how is the, the idea to start the store? Like what, like, because making a store is one thing, but making a store in New York is a juggernaut. Like it is just a whole other world. So what led to that?
2: I think it was both our personal shopping needs. Like they weren't met for, uh, by other retailers. So go to West Elm. It was still a little too expensive. Um, we didn't want Ikea because we're off of Ikea at that point. <laughs> um, and, then, and then you have DWR, you have Vitra, and other vintage stores, uh, which I probably won't say because I don't want to uh, say that we're better than them. You can um, have but,
0: artful criticisms, but yeah. we're, we're, we're usually a pretty positive vibe
2: only that's that's cool though but
0: you gotta you gotta call people out when you need to i get it
2: yeah they just they just still also were not affordable for what we wanted and right and that was where we saw the void and decided that we needed to start a store and and so we found one on on online and
1: i don't think ed's giving himself enough credit because (laughs) like me and me and ed have a really interesting parallel paths and like arrivals that we've come from without knowing each other, like just certain uh, thought processes that led us to meeting and what would become of that afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I was always much, like I've, I've worked in advertising and styling and I've always been much more digital mindset. So I was always like, okay, so we'll start an Instagram and then we'll just like, I'll sell furniture on it. And like I was calling it something different. And then when I met Ed, when he bought a chair, he was wait. He stopped. bought a chair from you. Yes. Oh, they didn't know that. Okay. So yeah, he was a customer
0: Craigslist. before. Okay.
1: All right. On Craigslist, and you know, like when I first saw him, and like we we chatted for a little bit. It was really like, like, what are you doing? Like, what? It, like the fits. We had similar fits. I feel like I I've seen him in a in an outfit that I would have worn. Yeah, exactly. It was a <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah. And I was okay. just like, this I'm so like, we like w- what's and his mentality was to open up a shop. And that at the time, this is when it's like, whatever year that was, it's e com, e com, e com, yeah. digital, digital, digital. Like no one's thinking, like it was like, remember, like, brick and mortar is dead. That was a whole thing. Like, retail's oh, yeah. dead. Like, don't do that. You don't need to do that. Yeah. And just get a
0: Shopify.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I was working at Jack Fred's at the time, which the whole business was ran on an e-commerce platform mindset and it was doing like crazy numbers at the time. So like like being inside of a like a storefront never ever ever crossed my mind with furniture. It just didn't. Mm. Um so when he said it, I was like, huh, furniture in a store, like in real life, like with windows and a door. Like that's <laughs> I I guess that could work. Yeah. Um yeah, and it did because that that adds a, a whole other dimension. Like you go from digital to ambiance, which you can't. You, it has to be felt. Like our our music is a big part of our experience and what cultivates a community, and that just can't be done on Instagram, no matter how much it gets, no matter how much they try to you know create that experience. It it can only be felt in person. Throughout.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially with something that is so, so big in most cases, it's going in your home. It's, it's getting touched and viewed and, you know, all the time. Like you, I mean, it, it still blows my mind. My, my wife worked at Etsy super early on when they started. And one of the biggest things that was selling at one point, I mean, I don't know what it was, but it was like, it was just furniture and it's like, people are buying furniture online. And I was like, how, how is this happening? Because you you don't you want to sit in it and feel it? Especially with things like feeling the difference between, you know, like a USM Power thing, right? Like mm-hmm. which is just gorgeous cold steel. It's beautiful. And then some jank other thing. Like it, you can feel the value. I mean, that sounds so lame. I just said that, but like you can, you know, you can feel like something nice. It's like going to a high-end you know, clothing store, and you put on the cashmere sweater, and you're like, "Oh shit, now this makes sense." But you can't do that on online.
1: That's not lame at all. That's tactile is is everything. Yeah, like that's how you know what's quality and and what's not. Like, there's a lot of brands and designs that we've coveted, and then we've got it in real life, and we're like, "Oh man, this is this is like this is not that far from IKEA." <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that people are paying for that aren't that different. Yeah, and that's not a knock on the brand. It's somewhere between a knock on the brand, honestly, and like a compliment to IKEA. Because there's some things that you can't get better than IKEA can do, no matter what you try to do. They they've nailed a few things that are un, undeniable still. Hmm.
0: Like what, if you don't mind?
1: The mirror. Yeah, they they've got they have a phenomenal mirror. I don't know what it's called, but it's like the one. It's just a thin metal square mirror, full size. um, And it's, I think it's one twenty-nine. Yeah. And it's perfectly fine. It's like, what more would you, you know, it's like for the price point it is, for what you get for the the bang for the buck, like as a, as a baseline, um, many companies have tried to do the exact same thing and have not. Um, And a few other things that just go to your kitchen, you know, like, There's something in there that is Ikea, or there's something, I think 70% of the homes in the world have something from Ikea.
0: No, I mean, you're totally right. I remember I was, you know, when I, like for me, like graduating away from Ikea was very much like, no, I don't have Ikea. What sort of clown do you think I am? Like, no, I got, I got nice shit in my house. And um, A friend of mine called me out so bad because I was like, "No, don't buy IKEA. IKEA sucks." And he was like, "Hey, just so you know, he's like, IKEA has basically helped the world have like affordable, designed, well-designed furniture in their home." So he, he basically called me out on being like classist, elitist piece of shit, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God!" And I just like shrunk in my, you know, the same way when people will rip on Uniqlo and stuff, where it's like, "Yeah, but you know what? Like, if you can't afford, you know." I don't know, a $2,000 Lord Piana sweater or something like that. And you can still get a nice sweater that is like the equalizer across, like don't shit on all these brands like that. And also their, how they handle supply chain and design functionality is still pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's again, it's the, it's the high low, like yeah. Kanye will wear a Dickies jacket and it's like, it's a thirty-dollar jacket, but then it's just fashion instantly. It's like, whoa, we loved how he did that, you know. And it's true. some of the, some of the flyest cribs that we've been in, like, had the togo, had all the names, had all the things, and will have like an IKEA filing cabinet, and it's just like killed it. So good, <laughs> well, well done. You know, with that mirror, it's like, you know, it. Like I think we we. We have, like, a small installation in the armory in the Upper East Side. And they have IKEA mirrors in there. Yeah. Next to, like... Bitsu. Huh? Next to some Next Bitsu. Next yeah. It, yeah, it's I just mean, like,
0: wait, you're talking about the armory, the store, not the Park Avenue armory, right?
1: Yeah, that one. Yeah, Park Avenue,
0: right?
2: Are we yeah. is
0: no, no. Dude, okay, how'd you connect? Dude, me and two other guys opened the armory in New York, way back in the day.
2: No. A yeah.
0: No, I mean, that wow. was way later. This, this was on Duane Street. Full circle, man. Dude, real full circle. Yeah. Holy shit. That's great that you're in there. But anyway, okay. So, so to, to kind of jump back, so you guys weren't that into starting the store, at least. At least, well, half of you aren't that into starting the store, but you go and you do it and it kind of pops off.
2: Yeah. Well, Towards the end of our, our very first year, we got our first feature, which was what, Herman Miller, I think. Their website, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Something yeah. Like and um, I think shortly after that, the pandemic happened. And then that is when everything just kind of changed for us. Um, people just became voracious for furniture. Everything. Desk, chairs, desks, couch. You know, the supply chains were really fucked up. So everyone was looking for anything to fill their spaces. Now that they had to be home and... We couldn't
0: keep up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the Herman Miller feature, as an aside, I mean, that's like you, you know, you you open up like a used car dealer and Rolls Royce calls you and is like, yo, you want to, you want to hang out? I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a huge nod. And it also is a testament, I think, whether you all realize it or not, the whole interior design and furniture industry, you know, like, I mean, like seriously, like the Colette thing is, is, is as dead on as I can be to where wow. it, you know, because you guys are kind of like half incubator in the sense that you have these brands that, you know, were at your shop. And because of that, you know, just the same way union is like Chris Gibbs, how union has basically helped break brands. I mean, just being in there is an association of quality and excellence and taste. And so you're able to then kind of you know, as a brand, it's like, fine, I I don't want to be in 20 stores. I just want to be in that store. And now I know that other people are going to come pick me up from it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't think
0: this, this isn't, this hasn't really set in for you yet, has it guys?
1: But Colette. Colette (laughs) You're shaking your head. That's (laughs) fine. I think at some point, everything that we've been doing gradually has turned into responsibility. I think whatever we entered it with was like pretty selfish, you know, in terms of like, Sure. I've got bills, you know, like, and then, then supply and demand. And I think the creative class of New York of like just our friends and family and, and, uh, just who, whose paths we crossed were kind of astounding. And I think the only, the one thing standing in most people's way is just, uh, belief and and faith in their designs.
2: Hmm. So
1: it's like, you know, like, let's say for example, we can't keep candles in stock, right? right? Then someone's like, hey, I've been making candles. And it's like, instead of like opening up wholesale accounts, it's like we know this person. Why don't that, why don't you just do that here? And a lot of our own designs have just been like a way to meet demands with a friend, you know, with with someone we we know as opposed to like just going the wholesale route. Right, right. these people happen to also be, like, best in class because it's New York and everyone who's here has, like, it's like an all-star wherever they were before. Right, right, yeah. So so you get here and it's like, you know, and then everyone's got, like, cool jobs. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, we were just at the right place at the right time with the right mentality. Because someone will walk in. And they're like, you don't know who anyone is, right? Like you, you've been to our our shop, and we've not had a conversation until like maybe now, you know? Yeah, and that is. Like-
0: I mean, I'll push back a little bit on that, on being like, this isn't all luck. It's okay. I mean, I I get you're being humble, and I respect that a ton. But like the, you still have to have taste, and I think that is something yeah. that. um you know, whether you had it or you learned it or whatever it is, is almost irrelevant to the fact that like, that's what sets you apart. Like it's merchandising, it's storytelling, it's lighting, it's music, it's scent, it's all of those things together. And if both of you are creating an environment, you know, yeah, people want to have their furniture in there because that environment that you make one, you're only choosing the best stuff for the environment and you're storytelling. I mean, look at, Okay, here's here's a great example. There was a this is a made up story. There's a military jacket. It's got holes in it. It was ran over a thousand times in the street. You know, there's a patch on it. It's fallen off, and people are walking, kicking it. No one gives a shit about it. And then somebody goes and picks it up and says, "This is awesome." And they hang it in their store, and it's Ralph Lauren and sells it for ten thousand dollars. Right? Like like taking something out of the context of what everyone's viewing it in and repositioning it into Something else, it's storytelling. And so, like, I get that you are all, you know, right place, right time, but at the same time, both of you are together and with your team are telling stories with not clothes, but objects.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, like, um, who, how is, how is that relationship work in terms of the product that you guys were choosing to carry? I mean, is there sort of a consensus where, like, I don't know. Someone brings in this wooden triangle, and you're like, "No, that sucks." And he's like, "Nope, I get one one card I can play that makes me get to put this in." Or what? What was the the sort of like dem- democratization of of curation?
2: We're really easy going. Um, if one of us doesn't like it, then it's an automatic out. Or if one of us likes it, it's probably going to go in. Mm, uh, that's good. Yeah, it, we're just we agree. Too much, maybe even,
1: <laughs> yeah. And a lot of that is is a, a testament to. I feel like we we snuck in through the back door a little bit. So like, even though we've have we we both have like a certain level of taste, mm-hmm. um, we're we still approach design as with curiosity, which I I think is like a good technique to have because I feel like some of our peers are like classically trained. In design, you know, like they, their opinions are just a little bit more scholastically narrow-minded.
0: Well you know? put. I know. I and know exactly I what
1: you mean. Respectfully, like even like I, there's like, you know, if you go to, it's just I don't know. There's like the fine arts types, mm-hmm. and it comes out, and we're we kind of approach everything like, is it dope or not? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, what
0: you're calling out is design by rules and design by emotion.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah like, like, it could be like, I don't know that it kind of looks, it kind of looks whack. But if someone's like, no, it's not like, here's why, like, sometimes, yes, <laughs> you learn. And then you're like, you know what, I was wrong. I just did not, my palate was not educated enough. But sometimes, you know, we just go off a of feeling. And it, 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 it either got it or it don't, you know, and I think we just have you have to have like trust and faith in in the in what you like. And, like some things Ed likes more than I do, and vice versa. And then the other part is like, all right, if you really like it, um, I trust you enough to just go along with it, right? You know, I, I support it if you do. Um, and then we both have a lot of like pleasant surprises. I think we have a like as a brand, we have a lot of pleasant surprises. There's things we put out that were like, yo, people are going off for this. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. But it's like going crazy, and you know it's okay to be wrong. And I think that part comes from like being like I don't know, you know. Whereas some of our peers, like you know, they may really think that they're right. Mm. They 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 price accordingly, and then price is a whole other design. That's a different. That's another conversation. Oh,
0: dude, the cost of art, which is basically what you're selling. Yeah, I don't even. It's such. Tumultuous waters, I don't I don't understand it. And
1: I could not touch art. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand art. Well, technically you all. do a bit, but that's okay. Sculpture, whatever, whatever <laughs> art design you want to call it, like that that I can approach, but like if you go into a, a gallery and something is ten thousand dollars and something is a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I would not be able I'm like, well, I like the hundred dollar one more. So is this a is this bad art?
0: So no, is that I mean, good
1: or, because Yeah, I mean, price, when you
0: assign value, when you assign monetary value to art, it it changes how you interpret it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the democratization that we've done a lot It's like a lot of people will really they'll see what we sell and they're like why are you selling it for this cheap? That's like a big thing that we get a lot. It's like I don't understand. But like if you if you bring price down from it and you put something that's like collaborative or private label next to it you can really start to see them for what they are and less about the price you know like you can put you're like okay well but i like this one more like it's just the the playing field is is evened out a little bit i think we take some things off the pedestal Mm. and we we put different music on it like a lot of things like i feel like design wants to be classical music so bad like they really want it to be like with a violin and and white gloves. And that's not, that's not us. And like, don't sit on this. Like we don't have like a don't sit on policy unless it's like once or twice we've had to do that. If it's like super fragile, but we don't really have a don't sit on this policy. So then you can look at this coveted thing more as like the chair that it's supposed to be. And then you can kind of see it for what it is a little bit. Um, and the price will blind you. It blinds blinds all of us.
0: Do you, do you think that, I mean, cause this is really interesting that you're, that you're talking about, like, do you think the fact that both of you didn't have, you know, I'm going to air quote, like the design training that, that helped you make decisions more versus, you know, I think like what you were saying when you merchandise or when, when you're storytelling with objects and and choosing what you want to carry and what you don't, sometimes if all you know are rules, you kind of never really know when to break them.
1: Yes. Yes. And yeah, that definitely helps us because we, whatever you do in life, I think you just pull from what you know. Mm -hmm. So like Ed has an extensive background in restaurant and management and just taste in general.
2: Mm -hmm. And I
1: think that's something we've learned with um, one of our, our first, the first people we worked with, his name is David U, um, and he does coffee. He's like a just—he's just an expert of all things coffee. He's—he's the one, um, and he didn't have any like proper design background either. But he taught us taste, you know, like he taught us taste through the coffee experience. Like this is why this cup is good. Like there's like coffee heads, right? And you're like, I, oh, yeah. I just—I just need caffeine. But he's like, no, 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 like. Sh- check the notes of, of cherry and, like, <laughs> check the, like, you can taste yogurt in this one. And, and he would explain it to us with, like, the furniture pieces that we've had. And he would explain, like, the apparatus that he uses. And it's like, so this company, like, Haribo? No, that's that's the Gummy Bears. Hario, Hario. Hario. Who's the scale? Hario. Hario. The, yeah, yeah, the Japanese he, company. He's a, yeah. He's like, this is, like, Eames of, like, of Good this analogy. world. Yeah. yeah, and we're like, oh, so like, so when we talk about taste, it's like a dumbed down, not dumbed down, but it's like a Jason, like, it's, it's taste like, you know, food, you can't separate those two things that much. So I, we just all pull from what we know. And we have different, we have different uh, approaches to like the same arrival. Yeah. Like, like, if you were a buyer, you'd probably be a great accountant. You'd probably be, you probably do great in finance if you have a background in fashion buying or vice versa. Right. So we just use what we know. That's great. No, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, I totally get it.
0: So you guys start the shop. The shop explodes during the pandemic. Um, and now you're closing the doors. What is yes. this MJ bullshit you're pulling right now?
1: we're we're closing we're closing our retail experience and we are right now we're in like we're in like our workshop he's moving the camera
0: around and it's basically a beautiful world of vitsu and yeah and like aims and usm yeah it's basically all the stuff that people want in their home that's cool cool nice flex
2: (laughs) so (laughs) we're getting ready to flex different muscles um yes This entire time, we've been taking all of these brands and recontextualizing them in a way that makes sense to us and in a way that we think makes sense to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And we started making our own furniture and we're trying to extend that. We're trying to make more of our own furniture and start building our own world with our own things into it, accompanied, of course, with you know your your brand staples and such. Sure. But I think it's time for us to to just show the world that, you know, we're not just curators. We're also, you know, creators of, of these things.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's because if you're Noel or Herman Miller or Vitra or any of these companies, right? All I would be doing is calling you guys and just saying thank you. Because how you've merchandised all of this stuff has been a shot in the arm for, um, I mean, and look, it's not just you. There's other people who have been, you know, trying to jump on this wave of just trying to merchant, like, to exactly what you were saying, to recontextualize some of these classic pieces. But I think the cool thing that you've done is you've kept in mind the concept of things that are affordable, right? Like, that is that is the the killer so many times where it's like, man, I don't go to BNB Italia, because I'd be like, shit, like, this would be cool if I'm ever rich someday. And, you know, I mean, and I think what you've done is kind of put all these things together. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like the last step is making your own stuff.
1: Yeah. And we haven't really had time to do so. You know, we haven't had time to grow. So by saying like, we don't have design background, we're just gonna like ragtag our way into design history, that's not so much the case. Mm-hmm. It's more like we just didn't have those opp- those opportunities weren't presented to us in our livelihood. you know, like there's not there's not a burgeoning design community in Florida or however we grew up, like it wasn't presented like, hey, have you ever thought about pursuing design?
0: Well, you're like, yeah, you're speaking to you're hinting at something which I think i'm I'm following. In the sense that historically, art is still one of the last um, categories or avenues for um, that, that is welcoming to everyone, right? Like art in general and the auction world and stuff is still old elitism and doesn't do much to kind of set up the next wave of designers. Um, I know that there's tons of amazing NFPs that do great stuff to kind of like educate designers and there's amazing scholarship programs at RISD and blah, 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 blah. Right. I get that. But like in terms of merchants, it's why are the only ones that everyone knows are companies that are 50 plus years old. You know what I mean? You said it,
1: (laughs) you, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. I don't, we don't have to say anything. Yeah. Um, And I think we, we learn so much from everyone that we work with and, Eric and Christine and Alvaro and, and and Jesse and like every, everyone on our team um, teaches us. We all, we all just trade knowledge and information of whatever we've come with. Mm -hmm. And I think we're reaching, we've arrived at a point where it's time now to apply it. And vintage now for us is turning more into R and D. Okay. So the things that we acquire are, are now, educational resources that can help us articulate our own perspective for a contemporary audience um and that hasn't been done it's it's not being done you know you'd think that some of these larger companies wouldn't live so hard in history like some of them don't have anything to say but a retrospective yeah and it's just like even for even for us storytelling like there's only so much we can say about the Eames, right? Like we love it. They've they've trailblazed. They've all the thought, like everything that they've done is a torch to be handed on to what's next.
0: Yeah, they trailblazed and, in
1: the 1970s. So
0: we, yeah, we, we, we,
1: there's there's a there's a gap. Yeah, no, I hear it. There's a, there's a gap, <laughs> and and we stumbled into that gap. And everyone that we work with now is going to be next up. It's an all. And we're sliding more into just facilitating whatever it is anyone wants to do tastefully that we think that aligns with what we just think is dope. You know, like there's no writer.
0: It sounds a little bit, and correct me if I'm editorializing here, where there's also you, it sounds like you kind of want to do some correction in the sense of there are a lot of incredible other designers that I'm sure hit up companies like West Elm and whatever. And we're like, hey, look at this amazing stuff. I just need to be able to make it, but I want to make it on a smaller scale. And there's not really any avenue for that. And so it sounds like you guys are also trying to be that for other people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think a, a, a record label analogy is like a good way to put it, or a publisher, if you will. You know, like okay. you can put a book out through Rizzoli and it's it's different than if it's Fidon, it's different. It's The same book just comes out different. And uh, I'm grateful for the designers that we've worked with that have chosen us as the distributor of something that, you know, another larger company can buy mm-hmm. any design and put it out and like use all their resources, but it won't come out the same. I, I guarantee that it won't, it, it, the relationship could never be the same because I don't think they, they don't speak our language anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like. So,
0: what are the characteristics of these products that you'll be doing? I mean, is it is there a certain price threshold that you're trying to
1: hit? Is it? I think it's with this with this new chapter. Yeah, I think it's kind of more of the same, but I think it's it's maturing. Okay, but it's it's I could paint the picture of like this design ethos and direction that we're going in, but I I think we also just need to continue to to mess around with whatever is in our heads. And like, nothing more and nothing less. Because again, it's just, we all have amazing ideas. And it's like, once you get it out, you can truly examine it for what it is. Like, it could have been a bad idea. It could be a design that we're just chasing down. It's like, yo, we didn't have to do half of that. We could have just done this. You know, even changing material is a huge design um, transition. Like, we can just revisit anything that we've done in Birch and just do it in... And hardwood
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a it's a completely different item, you know with the craftsmanship is different, the price points obviously are going to be different. Um, but i I couldn't even answer that because we don't we're, we just want to mess around a little bit, and having a having in the retail shop as it is kind of runs contradictory to some of that, like the the bandwidth that it takes to supply vintage furniture takes away from the bandwidth to design.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, so you're not, you're not so much closing up and exiting forever. This is just repositioning what Likens doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do not want to, I was being dramatic by like, we're closing down. Like, um, yeah, it's like shit. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to have shoppable days. We're going to have like, I hate the, we're going to have shoppable days. Um, we're going to have, we're, we're, we're working on creating an experience. That's like, let's say you buy something online, Mm -hmm. right. And you go to pick it up the pickup days. Let's say it's a a specific pickup day. When you come to pick it up, we will have other things presented and we will have a coffee bar and a DJ and our shoppable experience will be tied to the pickup experience. Hmm, That's cool. So how that looks and how that is done is going to be something we daydream about something that's just unique. That same, where am I is what we're working towards right now. Um, seeing some of the process, like when you walk into the, it's still ground level storefront. It's the same dimension, the same square footage as our, our retail space, our, our former retail space now, um, And yeah, you can kind of just see products that are still in development that maybe we're done with, maybe we're not pursuing anymore. Um, A real atelier there. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. I still don't quite know what that means.
0: What an atelier means?
1: Like, what it means to be an atelier.
0: Well, so technically, what the whole concept of it is... I mean it, it originates as it was it's the private workshop of an artist right so sure. um I would say the word has evolved significantly um and but it's kind of I think it it for many people it means a bunch of different things but it, in essence it it's just the private workshop of an artist um
1: yeah well, I like that let's yeah we're going to change our about us and we're going to put that on there
0: yeah People love to use Atelier because it's French and it's fancy and it's dope, you know, but like, um, yeah. uh, Yeah. Like, uh, when people say that it's like that, their, their clothing place is an Atelier. You're like, well, if you're a third party reseller only, and there's nothing being made there, you probably wouldn't want to say that, but people would say it anyway. Um, yeah. But like, you know, suit shops where the suits are made on site, you could call it your Atelier. Right. But, I'm I'm awful at word police because every day I use about 400 words that mean something else. So I don't even know how to talk and I do a podcast for a living. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but that's huge. Congrats. Like I think, you know, what you guys are doing is going to be way more impactful than this really cool furniture store in New York right? If you look at, you know, what's the 20-year plan? What's the 50-year plan? What's the legacy that you're trying to create? Especially if a lot of this is a response to the inaccessibility of good design for everyone. Production. Hmm.
1: Production. In a nutshell, we're transitioning into production. There you
0: go. Production here or production everywhere? Like, are there any certain rules you're trying to adhere to, or is it just where
1: quality is? yeah, made in New York is like not a not a thing within traditional like design production capacities there are a lot in the midwest, yeah um, but none in New York and again, like none of this was like the plan when i when me and I had met on Craigslist, but it's like a series of responsibilities that have led us into. Producing furniture and producing it in a way that's simple, there's nothing more simple than driving to your guy and tweaking a design or calling him or him calling you a hundred times a day, which we have which we currently are that sounds that fun um, and that that level of intimacy is is can't be done outsourcing can't be done. With different time zones, the same way. Like we have, we have a core group of, of people that are in Brooklyn, and right. we can get. And you know, we're currently looking for uh, an additional space solely for manufacturing, um, in addition to this showroom, warehouse, whatever, whatever we're calling it. Um, and now that that now that like the The overhead has increased now that the the stakes are higher. We have to start taking it more serious. We have to start um, incorporating better practices for packaging and shipping and designs that are better for shipping. Right. All the things that, you know, we're going to end up like a Herman Miller, but in our own way. Um, But you're only
0: saying that word because you don't know what else to compare it to, correct? I mean... And I, I say that in the sense that, like, that is the problem, right? Like, there's nothing yeah. else that you can think and compare it to. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it's got to be us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it just has. It has to be us. It's, you know, when we look in the mirror and and uh, you know we wake up every day, it's it's like who who else, who, why why not us? You know.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I, I have Have you guys done anything to celebrate this though? I mean, have you have you taken a breather? Did you go buy a nice watch? I mean, did you, what did you do anything?
2: I got a nice. Um, <laughs> I
0: was gonna say, I saw, I saw you got a nice watch. Good for you. <laughs> Don't be the guy who um, works so hard that he forgets everything he worked for. <laughs> and it's not that we only work for stuff, but it's just like sometimes you got to stop and just enjoy an achievement. It doesn't mean you're arrogant, and it doesn't mean you're not humble.
1: Yeah. yeah. We're not, we're, we're not those people, but we are slowly trying to be, it really is a family and what one of us, what one of us don't have, the other does. And like, you know, you have to mix competitive and playful and you have to, you have to, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for my significant other, I don't know. I don't know when I would travel. I don't think I would. Even, even just going to like a museum or something, I don't think, I don't think I, I don't really possess that.
0: I mean, dude, if, if it wasn't for my wife having a job with good health insurance, this show wouldn't exist. I mean, geez, Louise.
1: Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're going to, we're taking a team trip in March. Um, and that's exciting. And and we're going to get better at, we're going to get better at celebrating our wins, but there's just so much to be done. Like before, you can even think. Sure. To celebrate, you know, there's no, there's no like, I don't know, there's no like, there hasn't been a win yet. Hasn't I mean, been a win. Yeah. You're on like five like,
0: different magazines. People are obsessed with you. No, don't, no, don't come not, at me with there hasn't been a win.
1: Yeah, but it's not borders <laughs> You know these these are. Oh, great. it's always gonna get bigger. <laughs>
0: okay, all right. I see the drive, <laughs> my in, man. Like, I see like, it. Oh, you,
1: it's like in the movie, like, oh, you won the battle, but you didn't win the war. He said you it's know? not Forbes, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's. It ain't. And, it, uh, not that. Bad. And you know what? When we get that, it'll be like, you know what? This ain't even it either.
0: I that, that aim higher than Architectural Digest. Trust me. Yeah. I don't care about Gwyneth to- Paltrow's spa in her house. Just saying. <laughs> God bless her. But anyway. I, I, yeah. <laughs> This is fucking great. I'm our not. This is
1: our team. Our team producing great furniture is the only win for us. For like that feels good. Sure, that sure. feels good. When 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 Eric and Christine and Alvaro's products are moving, mm-hmm. that that feels better than selling Pruve anything any day. Yeah, yeah.
0: Pruve's and, dead.
1: Yeah, he, he gone. He gone. <laughs> So like seeing seeing their success definitely is like it, it scratches it it scratches a different itch that that uh vintage could never mm. and the more we can do that and the more we can facilitate and like get them out there like doing their best work, um that's what we aspire to do for.
0: Dang, that's beautiful. Um I right, we're gonna get go, I'm going to a bunch of random questions now because I you guys yeah. you've been very generous with your time, but I don't want to keep you. So Um, what is a lamp or a piece of furniture that if you go to somebody's house, you're like, oh, okay, this person knows what they're talking about or this person has good taste.
1: You know what? I'll be honest with you. Tasteful Ikea.
0: Oh, so it's an Ikea thing. Okay. So you
1: know what it is? It's like, it's like that perfect Hanes t-shirt.
0: Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: You can wear it with anything else, right? You can have six thousand dollar jeans on you can do whatever you gotta do like sometimes i think beats that and i I think uh a a well-designed home with like a tasteful piece of ikea is always like okay you did it it, damn i I can't even describe what that even yeah he's he gotta be the the best way to put it um nice i get that but i guess a design a good design one um i think the femi's lamps it's called the sella lamp. Um, a sella lamp. Sella. It's a. It's name of a lamp that we carry from designers. Name is Nefemi, um based in Lagos, Nigeria. <laughs> we we sell them on our site. Um, I don't know. They just look good. They wherever they wherever they are, they're always in good in good company and good conversation. Yeah. um And I, sometimes we forget. Like sometimes we don't see everything that goes out the door. Right. So you, we don't know everyone who has one. You know, we're not always there, like tallying every single transaction, who and where it goes. Yeah. So we can, we, that's why, like, what I love about Instagram stories and, like, what we where we do hide, we, we love when people tag what they have from us because we get to see it in context. And that's something that we learn a lot from because we have it in a storefront, but someone ha- takes it into their home and gives it. Like it's it's a rival, and there's a store in in um lower east side called Kobo,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they have one, they have one in their in their storefront, and it just looks really tasteful there. Oh man, just, I'm,
0: I'm looking at it right now. The oranges, poof, yeah, that's nice. They look,
1: you know, they they look good. They're they're slightly sculptural, mm-hmm. and yeah, I can't I I can't name I can't name too many African designers
0: honest i can't name any and i'm i'm embarrassed to say that yeah
1: and we're probably we may never make them again well you might you might not want to make them again we had a we had a good amount of them um not say the uh, orange
0: is sold out so thanks thanks man (laughs) (laughs) you guys talked about music a bunch i did want to ask you what is each of you what is a album or book that if someone mentions you mentions it to you you feel they understand you
1: designing design by Kenya Hara is a good one okay um for a book um album definitely definitely uh anything from Griselda Records Griselda like rec- Records yeah. yeah it's a collect it's a collective of of recording artists uh, West Westside Gun Benny the Butcher Homer the Machine Boldy James Matt homie they're all from Buffalo yeah and it's uh it's an it's a it, yeah I feel like it's a good it's a good like rags to riches but also being like they're very tasteful they they're they're they're, they're very they're very tasteful it's very it's very ratchet really it's, it's really ratchet but at the same time they like one of the intros was a Sotheby's auction <laughs> to put it in perspective And it's 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 like it's the emergence of like hip hop culture and design and fashion and like this mix. And there's a juxtaposition that some people get right and some don't. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. and they're from they're from Buffalo. It's just I don't know. I I don't know. We listen to it a lot. Um, The Sotheby's auction intro is such a. it was just really savvy. I think as a perspective, it's like of all the things we've heard and like you hear constantly, it's like wow, you just opened up with the the most expensive thing sold at a, at a Sotheby's auction.
2: <laughs> also, the Richard Mill watch reference. Oh, which, there you go. Yeah,
1: it was like how you spell like the pronunciation of it, Richard Mill. Beautiful watches. Oh, and you had him on. You had you had them, yeah.
0: Um, Alex is a homie, man. He's yeah yeah. Those guys are great. I mean, you
1: know, I don't even know if he. I don't. I don't even know if he knows that he's on that.
0: No, they probably don't.
1: But this this one was a as a quote though, you know, which I think is 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 a, it's not like a rapper being just rapping about that watch. It's right. like it's the context. It's the context. It's it's contextualization. It made the whole makes the whole project sound different. It's like wow, you 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 know how to pronounce it, you know, <laughs> which I, I think. Not everyone knows how to, we don't know how to pronounce everything we sell. You know, there's, we've heard Vitsu pronounced all kinds of ways. Have you vitsu? heard people
0: say, yeah, I've heard people
1: say Vitso, I've heard people say Vitsu. Vitsui. Vitsu. So, we've heard of Vitsui. So there's, there's, there's always like a, there's always a design snob and we we're oh, welcome. Yeah. There's always like, you mean Artemide, Artemide, and, and you know, this. You're like, sure guy. <laughs> yeah and, and not not that we aren't that we're too proud to like learn we're definitely like okay you've been saying that wrong you gotta say it the right way. um but like a lot of things you've only read and you've never actually heard it pronounced from the purveyor themselves yeah and that's that's same with fashion betterments that like who who's right like which there's
2: so many ways to pronounce something.
0: tomato tomato my friend it's all yeah. right yeah. You really
2: liking lichen, you get that a lot.
0: Lichen, yeah. A lot of people have told me it's lichen, and I'm like, I think actually they even have that on their Instagram. It's like this is how you say our our name. But here's the thing: it's something that like maybe you can take this, you know, as a when people are trying to pronounce you the right way, they they care, right? Which is yeah. nice. Um. So, anyway, we're starting to wrap up here. Um. Before we wrap. Is there anything you want to um, add or mention, or that I didn't discuss or
1: didn't ask? I would just like to really just say it's like a team effort, and right? I every time we like do an interview or something, I always we spend so much time talking, but we're you know we represent just an amazing group of talented, super talented individuals and, and loved ones. Um, yeah, that's great. No, I appreciate that.
0: Well, gents. It has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Uh, congrats. I mean, it sounds like you guys are continuing to just crush it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to chat with you again see what see where, what happens next. Likewise. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: I'll see you. All right. Take care. Take care.
0: All right. That's it for the season. Thanks so much for listening. Our show is produced by Blamo Media We're edited by Amar Lal, our theme music by the Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, share the pod. Tell some folks about us. You know, you know how it is. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Do whatever you do when you like podcasts. Follow us on Instagram for all the hot content. And by the way, huge shout out to, yes, that was my brother who made those incredible, incredible like teaser videos and those reels. I mean, he's insane. If you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us or leave us a message or send us an email. We'll put it in a future episode or email us at info at blamopod.com. If you want to hang out with us and join the Blam Fam, where we're going to have tons of episodes all throughout the offseason, you name it, visit patreon.com forward slash blammo. There are a boatload of exclusive episodes and our amazing Slack community. They even have a book club in there right now. <laughs> Dead serious. There's a book club in there. Okay, that's it for me. I'll see you soon.